1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic and Rangers head into the new year level on points After a win for Steven Gerrard's men on Saturday Alfredo Morelos faces a wait to find out if he'll face any retrospective action Following the meeting at Ibrox And Kilmarnock in 2018 having picked up more Premiership points than any team in the league I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans A spell has been broken, an aura of invincibility has gone Now comes the aftermath of Celtic's loss at Ibrox The transfer window opens tomorrow And the team who does business best in January Could be the one who wins the title But the race from here to the finishing line Will be unmissable And I suspect it'll begin with a suspension For Alfredo Morelos A trial by television coming up for him At the SFA It's a rerun of an old movie You know what this time of year is like for repeats Alec <laughs> Absolutely brilliant Listen, Rangers have the bragging rights You get into the winter break Poor weekends again for Aki's Thistle and St Mirren And uh, Kamarnock oh, What can you say? What a mm. job Steve Clark's done Plenty to talk about tonight Yes, a time for reflection as well So, as well as covering what's in the news today What about your footballing highlight of 2018? It's been a, a varied year on the sporting front Depending who you follow, of course So give us your football highlight of the year On Twitter or on the phones 01419511025 That's the number you need And if you would rather tweet We are at Clyde SSB So your thoughts on the game at Ibrox at the weekend And any of the other weekend's fixtures Big derbies everywhere And your footballing highlight of 2018 01419511025 Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard He says his players brought their A-plus game As they recorded the first win Over Celtic since 2016 That one was in penalties of course This one over 90 minutes Ryan Jack got the only goal at Ibrox Gerrard says his players won every battle All over the pitch Obviously it's a fantastic result For myself and the team but, you know, this is about the supporters. Um, they've waited a long time for an Old Firm victory. You could feel the tension and the emotion in the air in the, in the dying moments of the game. So I'm just pleased for them that they can, they can enjoy uh, the victory. Performance was uh, really, really good, really, really strong. I asked for the players to deliver an A game. It was an A+. Plus, um, to a man all over the pitch, we were better than Celtic. Uh, we won every single 1v1. We were more aggressive. We created more. We could have won the fixture. Um, by a bigger margin but they're a good team they they stuck in there uh, and they made the final moments tense but I'm so pleased with my players right now so pleased uh, We don't agree on much in this city Hugh Keevans but I think yeah. we can all agree that the better team won Rangers thoroughly deserved it and it's the reasons for that that we'll get into over the next two hours or so When the Celtic manager says the better team won uh, and he meant Rangers then that's all you need to know You don't need confirmation from anybody else If the Celtic manager agrees Rangers were better That's the truth of the matter And it was the truth of the matter Because from start to finish Rangers dominated Celtic And I do think it ended that aura of invincibility That Celtic supporters thought their team had over Rangers It doesn't mean that Celtic now Go away and that Rangers come out of the shadow and overtake Celtic All it means is a serious stepping stone was arrived at At Ibrox on Saturday For 12 League and Cup games The Celtic supporters thought that they were invincible against Rangers Now they know they're not Yeah I have to agree Hugh I think when you look at the, the weekend's game And the manner in which Rangers went about their business 
I totally agree with Stephen Gerrard It was an A plus Because I think before the game I think most people Would have thought it extremely difficult uh, Get into it Because of the 12 games previous mm. um, But the, the tone was set early doors By Andy Halliday he, he, he went in for a crunching tackle And that to kind of give them The impetus to kick on But I think when you look at it From a Rangers point of view You'd be delighted In terms of Man for man They won their battles I think that was evident From a Celtic point of view you're looking at that and going, that is the first time I've actually seen Celtic not been up for a yeah. fight. And that would be alarming. But like you said, Hugh, I think you have to take a step back for the whole emotion. Yep. They go into the January window and I think it's crucial for everyone. You know, you look at the top the, the top two, I'll be looking to add. You look at the bottom, you look at the multi-team St Mirren, really firefighting at the moment, they can't buy a win. And I think the saving grace is that Hamilton and Dundee are on the same boat. What excites me about the second half of the season, Gordon, is that in terms of the championship, you now have a situation where Kilmarnock are not going away So every time Celtic and Rangers play Kilmarnock Home or away That'll be a problem Aberdeen are not going away So every time Celtic and Rangers play Aberdeen Be another problem And you can throw Hibs into the mix Because Hibs have denied Rangers more points so far this season Than Celtic have denied Rangers And Hearts will always be a problem So it's going to be a war of attrition. St. Johnson, you can throw them into the mix as well because they can Lovingston's be a Livingston's another. Yeah, yeah, they've taken some mm. points. So, you, you know, it, it's going to be that type of contest. And Brendan Rogers says he can have no complaints after suffering his first defeat in the fixture. The Hoops boss says they were unlucky with injuries and players missing for the game but have no excuses for such a poor performance. I think Rangers deserve to win. We, we didn't play well. Uh, probably made too many unforced mistakes. Obviously, we had to make a couple of changes early on in the game, which which sort of interrupt, interrupts a wee bit of what we want to do maybe later on in the game. So, um, but no, I've got no real excuses. I think that listen, we get players missing and and whatnot, but um, but I think on the day Rangers were were better than us. Thirteenth time unlucky, but like I say, we we just didn't have a good game. And uh, and like I've said before, you know, you always have to be humble enough when you win. Uh, but also honest when you lose, and uh, and and the honest answer is, is simple: they were they were better than us, so we we have to accept that. We touched on this at the weekend, Hugh. Both things can can be true. Rangers were very good, uh-huh. and Celtic were very poor. And yes, a lot of Rangers fans will say, "Yeah, but that's because we made them poor." And yeah. again, part of that will be true, but that that doesn't mean that Celtic didn't make it difficult for themselves yeah. as well. All of these things can coexist. They don't they don't have to be separate. It's a kind of chicken and egg situation here. Rangers start off powerfully and start to dominate Celtic straight away. Celtic's response to being dominated is not good enough. Rangers start is first class. Celtic's response is second rate. And that's the way it went on all afternoon. Uh, and as I say, that's why the bubble bursts. The The... The aura of invincibility goes. The spell is broken. Use whatever phrase you like. But Celtic left behind more than three points at Ibrox. They left behind the notion that they cannot be caught. 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need. Your last chance of 2018 to get in touch. Let us know what you made of the games at the weekend. And what was your footballing highlight of 2018 fans of all teams can get involved in that one I know some of you might have to search a bit harder than others for a highlight but that's fine I'm sure you'll find something in there anyway Mark is a Rangers fan in Gifnock hi Mark good evening panel hello I spoke to Hugh and I spoke to yourself Gordon and I spoke to Derek on Friday you did and you were very confident and I said Rangers will win the needs there Uh, never did I think that it would be quite as emphatic because it was a doing 1-0 yes Celtic could have had a goal yes 
irrelevant. Rangers could have scored four, five, six goals. I've spoken to taxi drivers over the weekend, lots of friends, Celtic fans. Rangers did them over. And as Andy Halliday's girlfriend, Chili Cross, has been singing, obviously, the Blue Sea of Ibrox were entitled to enjoy it. It's not about the three points. Celtic are still top with an extra game to play. Um, what it's done is uh, we now have major belief. Mr Gerrard, well done. Tactics spot on. Every player, every tackle, was they were chasing them. It was a doing uh, in Glasgow terms. And what Stevie now has to do to his board, I believe Davis will be signed, but he needs to go to Dave King and say, this is where we are. We're joint level with the other team. Uh, they're going for eight in a row. King, Mr King, I need three or four players and we can win this league and he needs to do that. So that that's now the next move in the chess piece. He needs to go to the chairman and he needs to say, look, I've made you 10, 12 million from the Europa League. Um, I need to bring in three or four players because we can win this league. So I'm not saying Rangers will do that. I'm not saying they're good enough to win it. Um, it's only three points, but it was a doing. And now the next piece in the jigsaw is not what Celtic do. I believe it's what we do. And our, we can only control what we do. And it's the chairman and the manager's conversation. And he needs money. He needs to bring in three or four attacking players because they miss chances. You're lower. Um, he can't just rely on Morelos and... I want to see what the chairman now does to back the manager. Well, what you said there uh, also applies to Celtic. You know, it, it of course is important what Steven Gerrard and Dave King can do between them. By the same token, can you imagine the conversations that have taken place between Peter Lawwell and Brendan Rodgers? Because it's unthinkable for Brendan Rodgers not to win the title. Uh, he gets paid an astronomical sum of money by Scottish standards to be Celtic's manager. And the minimum requirement is that he wins the title. So there must have been some heavy conversations over the weekend and Celtic are, like Rangers, obliged to strengthen now because they look to be creaking in several places. Mark, understandably though, as a Rangers fan, Alex is focused on on his team and what the next step, as he calls it, is. What, what do you make of Mark's... Um, summary of the last couple of days And what happens now For me they, they have to go out And get a creative midfielder for starters Gordon um, As much as Rangers were impressive at the weekend I think if you take a step back from that I think if you look at the previous four or five weeks Rangers have lacked that creative midfielder Who's opened doors I think Arfield's a massive player for Rangers Because he brings something different to Ross McCrory Andy Halliday Ryan Jack Koulibaly uh, Rossiter They're all very similar So for me And he mentioned Stephen Davis I think there He would be, We were speaking prior To coming on the show If they could get Stephen Davis And I haven't seen Stephen play for a while So it would Entail where he is Physically If he's still got the legs To get about the park And still have that contribution They need a quarterback Who can open up doors When things are really tight And people put a low block on So they need someone Of that ilk They probably need Someone to replace Ajaria Again If Arfield Is not fit because he's had a couple of knocks this year, you need someone to then become uh, a foil for we Arfield to see who can actually play that number ten role. So you know, these, is, is, these is, the mind, is the mindset important then? And Mark sort of touched on this himself. What what you have to do is turn that victory into one that says, okay, we've got us into a relatively strong position, and let's kick on from here rather than oh well, we've beat Celtic, we've cracked it. And this squad is going to carry us through And we'll just carry on like that For the rest of the season Listen it would be okay To sit back on your laurels 
and gloat for uh, for now in the summer but that doesn't the way football works see you soon as they come back to it I think it's Kamalik they play the first game back in terms of the league I know they've got a cup game I think it's Stenhouse Muir on the Friday night isn't it so right. then I think yeah and then they play Kamalik Rangers need to come back and hit the ground running they need to beat Kamalik they've yeah. been a foil they've, been, they've, they've, they've struggled for a while it's always been a difficult game recruitment within that period as well uh, they can take confidence from that but they need to kick on There's no point in beating Celtic And then going and losing points uh, At the beginning Or the tail end of January Life's not difficult In this part of the world Not difficult <laughs> The slightest <laughs> If Brendan Rodgers Doesn't get eight in a row And therefore the dream of Ten in a row Is destroyed The Celtic supporters Will be outraged If Rangers Should win the title Then Stephen Gerrard Can name his price Rangers would have to uh, build a statue to him outside That's the way life works here It's very very simple If however Celtic spend wisely Which To be fair They haven't really done In recent times But if they spend wisely uh, And get eight in a row Then this will be seen as A hiccup A blip But if Celtic don't win the title, their fans will be outraged. It's a one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. I did say I was looking for your footballing highlights of twenty eighteen. What about this, Hugh? For a, a dismal outlook, Jim McLaughlin is a Partick Thistle fan. He says. Thistle have won seven games in total And I even missed one of them wow. So there we go That was his I guess I don't know if missing one of them Would be the highlight And uh, Scotty is a Celtic fan This is this is what it means to people in this city yeah. He says I've got a bursting headache I'm lying in a darkened room Listening to Clyde Super Scoreboard Somehow I don't think this will help me feel any better Well Not my fault Not Alex's fault Not Gordon's fault It's your team's fault It's always your fault I don't know who you're kidding Johnny's in Carntine Hi Johnny how you doing, Farrell? Good, thanks, Johnny. As a Celtic fan, what are you what are you thinking in a couple of days on? Uh, also got that banging headache that the last boys got <laughs> <say> that much. <laughs> Is this caused by the football or? Uh, a mixture. We're not going to that. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the team was done. To be honest with you, the weekend you can't take anything away from Rangers at all. Surprised with me to be how well they played. But in saying that, when you look at the context of the win. Like I think it's again a wee bit out of hand in terms of now there's a lot of Rangers fans saying that this Celtic team are all of a sudden rubbish, bog standard, we can beat them week in, week out. This defeat was on the cards. You've heard Hugh many times saying the weakness in this Celtic team is there to see away from him when we've been bang average all season. But this is this is one this is one victory in fourteen games. Do you know what I mean? And there is a wee bit of I'm not overly disheartened that we lost the game because it would they had to lose one eventually. I just made the manner of the defeat. The Rangers just made us made us look like men against boys. I think you have to you ha- you have to look beyond the single victory for Rangers. You have to look at the defeats at Kilmarnock, against Hibs, against Hearts, the draws against St Mirren, Motherwell, Livingston. Eighteen points given away on the road. Now, come the second half of the season, you're going to have to go back to Kilmarnock and to Hibs and to Hearts and to Rangers. You know, so. Th- Celtic's away form must pick up The home form is immaculate They haven't dropped a single point at Celtic Park But Away from home They have to be careful Otherwise it'll cost them the league Yeah, you're absolutely right Hugh um, No, I can't I disagree with that at all This is the only The only thing that I'm, I'm disheartened with Was the manner of the defeat yeah. And how we were so taken aback by An atmosphere When we knew what we were getting into We've won there plenty of times before and that team just looked lost on the park. You don't don't know if it was in the, the change of personnel, but there you have it. Do you know what I mean? And this is we 
we were very complacent and we looked as though we thought we could just walk in and play play the eighteen year old boy up front and we would win the game. And well, the, the, the other that, the other problem, Johnny, that you you had on Saturday was Rangers wanted it very badly, yeah. and it didn't look as if Celtic had the hunger to match Rangers' desire. Johnny, Johnny, you, you, you touched on something there and you says about the change of personnel out with the young boy Mickey Johnson up front. For me, that was, you know, you're looking at more or less the starting players, you know, um, albeit that you wouldn't have McGregor at left back, but you're looking at the actual personnel. There was a lot of big heavy hitters out there at the weekend and you're absolutely right in what you said, Johnny, in terms of... Sorry, I, I was just saying that you, you look at the personnel, you know, you've got all your big hitters out there, Brown and mm-hmm. Sham, Boyata, McGregor, you know, they're, they're all big players. I know what you're saying, but obviously when you look at the way that he, he changed the team, Brown, we know, it's, not been, it's been well documented, but Brown's been a team we've, we've looked, we've been playing better football, we've been picking up better results, and due to either injury or people picking up knocks, or, well, we had to change the team, and that's the first time Brown and Sham have started in midfield for, for months. And we're moving arguably our best player this season, Callum McGregor, to left back, where he's yeah. not played there since a year and a half to two years ago. And then our main striker is on the bench. I don't agree with him being on the bench. I feel that if if you're fit to be on the bench, you're fit to play. That's that's the way I see it. And your first choice left back is out as well. So it's, it's, it's no idea. I know what you're saying, but there's plenty of big hitters. And when I live around the park, there's no excuse to go to Ibrox and get bullied like we were. Johnny, I think you're absolutely right in terms of, you know, and I think hindsight's a great thing. Brendan Rodgers felt as if he could get away with Callum McGregor at left back. You've you taken one of your most influential players, and you actually seen that later on in the game when the goal was disallowed. The impact he can have at the top end of the pitch, and also as the guy that's pulling the strings. One of the strange things for me was the impact that um, Edward had up at Aberdeen. Now, we were saying, because see, the thing is, the way Celtic play and the style they play. As soon as they have a big target man It was Dembele before Edward mm. When you've played a high press That suited Celtic Because they just boomed the ball up To one of these two guys And they brought them into play And the opposition were stretched And by not playing them It allowed Rangers to Really have that high press Be aggressive Because anything that was going long Mikey Johnson couldn't compete And so The dynamic didn't quite sit right for me For Celtic on the day uh, Make it quick Johnny if you can Running a bit late I know just a wee highlight uh... Obviously, well, the, the big highlight was the year was was the double treble. But in a personal kind of in a one night highlight, had to be that win against Leipzig. That was that was one of the best nights I've been in a long time. That what a night! That's that's all I had to say. That was that well, was, what a night that was. That was mental. I'm sure you're looking forward. It was to, mental. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're looking forward to Valencia coming up uh, mid February. Uh, Celtic will need to do well in the transfer window before they face Valencia because the team. Is in need of refurbishment Thanks to Johnny We are also looking for your Footballing highlights of 2018 As Johnny just suggested his So get those in And your thoughts on the weekend's action More of that coming up We'll hear again from Brendan Rogers And Stephen Gerrard Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com It is Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan For the last time in 2018 Hugh Keevans We've been asking uh, For the footballing highlight Of the calendar year Mick says The highlight was Celtic Clinching seven in a row Battering Rangers at home To win the league Um, The low point Was Saturday's performance Do you have a footballing highlight Of 2018 Hugh Keevans? Listen At my age Every day's a highlight (laughs) Who just wake up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Ray, any standouts? 
Well, from a personal standout, oh, just anything. You decide. I was on a thirteen-game run at five aside. <laughs> I managed to get a result a couple of weeks ago, so I have to say that would be one of my highlights. <laughs> right, I was the longest run I've ever been on. I was sort of hoping something that the listeners could relate to, but there we go. Yours is waking up in the morning, <laughs> and yours is finally winning at five aside. Great. If you can add something with a bit more detail, we'd love to have it. Your footballing highlight of twenty eighteen. Never underestimate the value of waking up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> at Clyde SSB on Twitter, uh, on the phones, oh one four one nine five one. 1025 uh, Let's hear more from Brendan Rogers. He says the winter break's now come at the right time For his players Says they need the rest And the squad will need some investment In the January window It's obviously difficult I think it's great for the league The league's competitive Which is what we want And like I say we, we've, we've had a fantastic 2018 Of course it hurts Always does And, and some of the players Will um, haven't experienced that at all So they'll be better for it You know a number of younger players Like Tony Ralston And and those uh, young guys are experiencing it, so they'll be better. Um, but now we can go away and, and recover and press the reset button. We get nice, you know, and a lot of work to do in the over the course of January. But um, but yeah, it's it's come at a really good time. Patrick is a Celtic fan in Shawlands. What's in your mind tonight, Patrick? Uh, well, uh, guys, uh, firstly, the footballing highlight mm. uh, from a Celtic perspective would have to be the securing the double treble. Um, that, that's uh, that, that that's an obvious. So uh, that, that that's that was definitely the high. Okay. Um, as for the low uh, there on uh, uh, there on Saturday, well, yeah, I, I suppose we, you know we've got to take that one in the chin. Well, well beaten, um, albeit I think a lot's been made of the defeat. Um, maybe too much is getting made of it, but if if we're going to take any. Celtic perspective, we're going to see any anything positive out of that. Then, if anything that tra- that that gives Brendan a stronger hand uh, to go to the to the PLC and, and to the board and say, look, you know, push that boat out a little bit further. Um, you know, these things are are normally in place for, for a long time in terms of you know strategy and planning, and, and no doubt they've already got their their targets in mind. So, hopefully. Uh, Celtic will be able to sort of flex the flex the financial muscle that they have and bring in uh, bring in some quality additions. And I mean, I don't know if you guys know anything different, uh, but there's sort of strong rumours, uh, repeated rumours about Weir coming uh, the, uh, the the striker from yeah uh, Timothy PSG. Weir, yeah. But Timothy mm. Timothy Weir is 18 though. I so mean, you, you know, the, you, with that. Well. You, you know, but I think people are investing all manner of hopes in Timothy Weir. This is Charlie Masonda part two uh, until we actually see him here to see if uh, Timothy Weir is going to be an automatic pick. Celtic uh, in transfer windows have disappointed their supporters. The last transfer window was full of players who fall into two categories: invisible and peripheral. Uh, it's not good enough to bring back Emilio Izagiri from Saudi Arabia Where he's playing at a lower level It's not good enough to bring in Yusuf Malumbu Because you've panicked at the last minute And didn't get John McGinn uh, And Lewis Morgan is always going to be a work in progress And he costs small change by Celtic standards Patrick, this situation is now crying out for proper money Can it serve as a wake-up call, Hugh Keevan? Sometimes... Um, and I, I'm not saying it's going to have quite the same dramatic effect 
But if you remember back to when Rangers knocked Celtic out the cup, the, the, mm-hmm. the one on penalties, and it was great. The Rangers fans dined out on it, and they were having the time of their lives. Yep. But it actually sparked Celtic into action. They went yep. out and got Brendan Rodgers, and you know what happened thereafter. Yep. I'm not saying the impact is going to be quite as great, but but sometimes can it be that wake up call? Absolutely. Um, the point is well made. Celtic realised the Celtic hierarchy. Dermot Desmond uh, realised that Ronnie Dyla was a busted flush. And the the club, while having won two titles under Ronnie Dyla, uh, the the team was not attractive. The crowds were going down. Uh, there was talk of fitness levels being poor. So the defeat on penalties from Rangers was enough for Dermot Desmond and for Peter Lawwell. And within forty eight hours, a statement was released to say that Ronnie Dyla wouldn't be the manager the following season. Now the team now. In terms of personnel, in terms of achievement, is night and day away from that Ronnie Dyla side. However, it's showing signs of wear and tear. Seven trophies in a row is remarkable and a positive sign of high Mm. achievement. But some players are now showing the signs of having gone to the well once too often. Patrick? Well, I was going to say, Celtic have blown hot and cold this season. Much like what Many of the, the, the teams have, you know, including, including Rangers. So, you know, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you would have watched Celtic and said, absolutely fantastic, well, wonderful. Uh, and then in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, well, you know, if we have an off day, uh, you know, or if we can't get our, our, you know, our top picks into the right positions, then, you know, who knows what might happen. And uh, that, that's been the course of it uh, for, for this season. But I I would be very surprised if, uh, if Celtic weren't able to make uh, a, a few quality additions. It just, the, the only thing in the back of my mind is this isn't a good transfer window yeah. traditionally. Mm. Uh, the, 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 this, this January window, a lot of good players just aren't available. However, in saying that, there's a lot of good players, especially in English Premiership and so, so Patrick, what, their heels. what was the excuse yeah. in the summertime then? That's a good transfer window. What was the excuse for ending up I, I, with? I, 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 I've not, I've not got the the information, um, you know, to to answer that question. I mean, you know, what goes on behind the scenes? Uh, I would, I would think maybe you guys maybe have a, a better contacts than what I do. But it, judging from the way that Celtic handle. Their, their financial affairs, and you've made quite a bit about this, you know, in terms of Celtic failing in transfer windows. Celtic are where they are at the moment, uh, you, you know, with the seven league titles uh, and the double trebles. Because we're financially prudent, uh, we're sensible, we do things the right way, and I, I certainly want to see that continued. Uh, you know, I, I don't want the, what, what happened to Rangers. Yeah, but no one's suggesting that's even a, a remote possibility. All I'm saying to you is, you said that January is not the perfect transfer window. It's more difficult in the summer. And I'm saying to you in return, well, what happened in the summer when you ended up with Yusuf Malumbu and Jack Hendry and uh, and other people who don't play for Celtic? I think Hendry was previous, wasn't he? I think it was in January. But wasn't anyway, it? I, I do take the point, Alex. It's going to be that time of year, yeah. and I'm strangely looking forward to it, where all sorts of names get banded yeah. around, don't they? And it's it's, it's wonderful. Um, one name that has been linked, uh, I think Patrick mentioned Timothy Weir earlier on. The other would be the right back Castagna, Castagna the, yeah. the Belgian right back. You were part of the setup at Genk that gave him 
His debut, debut is, I mean would, would he be An upgrade In that position for Celtic Yeah without doubt he, he would bring a lot more energy To the team I think Mikko Lustig Has been a brilliant servant To Celtic over the years He just looks a bit jaded At the moment Obviously being at the World Cup as well uh, So I think it's an area That Celtic are actually looking When you look at it But Castagna is a, a, an athlete He was very similar in terms of bombing forward Like Tierney does on the other side uh, And uh, he's not p- been playing as regular as probably once in Italy But uh, we said in the last break I said I'm really fascinated about how this next month goes be- And I mean for everyone It's like uh, You get guys like Patrick coming on there And they want the, you know, we want quality And we want the right man And it has to be the right price But the idea is that In my experience is It's the most difficult month now I'm looking at the some of the players. You look at last January, for example, with Celtic, they brought in Marvin Compere. Uh-huh. You know, paid a couple of quid for him. You're thinking you're getting experience. You think he'll fit in. He doesn't actually fit into the Celtic model because they tend to bring younger guys in, uh, blood them, give them experience, mm. and then put them for more money. So it's about how they go down and what route all the teams go down. It'll be fascinating, man. Stephen Gerrard says they gave Celtic too much respect in the first meeting of the season, uh, but he says this time they showed their pressing qualities uh, to have what it takes to come out on top. Well, we wanted to play in a way where we were front foot. I think you can see over the last six months what we're trying to get to, um, which is certainly in at Ibrox to be aggressive and front foot and go and press teams and, and make it uncomfortable for teams, take them out of the comfort zone. Yeah, I've watched Celtic for many years and we showed them too much respect in the first old firm uh, and if you show good players too much respect they can pass you off the pitch and they did for 45 minutes we never gave them a second we were on them all over the pitch we, we picked a team that was aggressive uh, and they've delivered George is a Rangers fan in Rutherglen hi George how you doing lads alright yeah good George what's your point tonight um, just a couple of points uh, if that's ok mm-hmm. um, first point I've been on before um and I said that I thought Celtic, I'm a Rangers man by the way, um, I thought Celtic took liberties in the transfer market in uh, the summer. Um, and I think that's coming into fruition. Um, I think they're better than what they thought they were. And they would have enough in the tank uh, to see them through the season. I'm not saying that won't happen. Um, but I think it's been found out that they're not going to be able to do that with the squad they've got. And they all have to buy. Um, but I think we're also missing the, the point that this Rangers team aren't a great Rangers team either. Uh, and we'll have to go out and buy in January too. It's not just all about Celtic. Uh, and that brings me on to my other point. Um, when Celtic beat Rangers 1-0 at Parkhead, um, we never heard, uh, or it wasn't uh, the case that we're hearing at the moment, it was down to Rangers' defects. It was all about Celtic playing fantastic and having most of the possession and not giving Rangers a chance. Now, I've listened to the media uh, since Saturday and yourselves and I've looked in the papers and I would say just barely Rangers are getting the credit they deserve. I think we're just about getting uh, it's about Rangers um, performance George, rather. George, you're so, you're, so, George, you're so... Just let me finish you. So let me finish you. Go back in. You're here all night. Um, uh, just barely. Now, you, you were the one who wants it gave Celtic Enormous credit Because uh, I listen to you all the time And I always use the phone on a Monday and a Friday Because you're my favourite pundit If I have to be honest uh, For winning one nil at Rangers uh, uh, At Parkhead We absolutely battered Celtic Battered them They didn't have a pass uh, Two or three passes in a row And that was done to us Not done to Celtic Unforced errors are made Because people make you do unforced errors 
Same at tennis, same at long pots at pool uh, or snooker, whatever. You you become under pressure and you make these unforced errors. That's why there's such an expression. And that was down to Glasgow Rangers bottom then. A bang average Glasgow Rangers team, I may add, which will only get better under Stephen Gerrard. And we will buy in January. And we will give them a run for their money, no matter who they buy. Because a transfer window in January is not a great transfer window, as Alec Ray says. So they're not going to go out there and buy wonder kits. Are you finished now? Yeah, I'm new. Right. Uh, first of all, with your complaint about the media and Rangers not getting credit, that is so far off the mark, it's not true. I mean, just about. hold on now. Don't speak. I'm here all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read everything over the weekend because I'm an old newspaper hack and foldy bits of paper are my game. I'm not Gordon Duncan with his fancy phone and he can find out what's in the New York Times at the drop of a hat. That's not just me, by the way. That's no, everyone that's apart from you. That's the okay, world, yeah, yeah. Carry on. So Rangers get immense credit, immense credit uh, on an individual basis, on a collective basis, praise for Stephen Gerrard. So that point is just rubbish. Uh, with regard to the transfer window uh, Of course It's a big window for Rangers and for Celtic uh, And the point has been made Time and time again And when you talk about unforced errors They are called unforced errors Because nobody made you do it You did it yourself That's why they're unforced So Rangers were much better than Celtic And As I said at the start of the, the game And we're watching it here on the uh, Whatever day it was I've lost track of time Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Uh, I, I said In Glasgow parlance Rangers are giving Celtic a doing I repeated the phrase Over and over It is possible however For Rangers To be playing exceptionally well And For Celtic To be playing Very poorly It is possible For both things to occur at the same time I mean George is right In the sense Alex That the reason Celtic's passing Wasn't good Is because they didn't Get the space And Rangers pressed them All over the pitch But there were still times As Hugh says Both can be true There were still times yeah. When Celtic players Just looked like You know they, they were making life Really tough for themselves Think of what Olivier and Cham When he was running Down the right hand side He just decided to, to Run straight out of play Not under a great deal Of pressure Some of the passes Clearly could have been better but that's not to take anything away from Rangers I, I, I'm not really sure why we can't have both coexisting It's a here. combination of all of the above um, When I seen Rangers at the weekend I thought they were absolutely brilliant I thought they went toe-to-toe with Celtic the, the, uh, I, I, actually, It's interesting listening to Stephen Gerrard's uh, comments He says that's the way I want my teams to play I want a high press, I want high energy And in their faces And, and if Rangers do that They will be very much there at the shake-up But there's been times when they haven't done that At the weekend they've done it in abundance And they actually had a level I haven't seen from this Rangers team for mm. a long, long time, Gordon, in terms of pressing it in the face. He's going back to the point that George says, I thought Rangers were immense at the weekend. I thought there was times when Celtic were actually in comfortable possession. And this is what you're talking about when they were poor, because you're not expecting that for them. They, t- you know, they dominate games. And so there was forced and there was unforced. So, listen, I think you should just enjoy the, the actual win and the manner in what you win if you're a Rangers fan, because it was comprehensive and... It was significant It was a massive weekend For everyone Rangers The league Because mm. if Celtic had won that Six points clear With a game in hand We're standing here tonight Going It's night nurse mm. It doesn't <laughs> matter Who they bring in in January So let's focus on What's actually here and now 
and, and enjoy it while you can from the Rangers perspective What a list Douglas Harper has got I asked for the footballing highlights of 2018 oh. Douglas has got a big Air United badge as his picture right. so that you'll see where this is going uh, He says Air beating Killy again at Somerset lifting the title on the last day in a record breaking season retaining the majority of the squad including Sir Lawrence Shankland <laughs> and having Ian McCall in charge Thank you Air United he says We are looking for your footballing highlights of 2018 01419511025 We're going to talk Alfredo Mar- Relos next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish Accident and injury victims for 40 years Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan We're looking back on the weekend's action And asking you for your footballing highlight Of 2018 uh, 01419511025 On the phones Twitter is at Clyde SSB Peter's in Postle Park Hi Peter Hi Gordon, even here, even Alex. Hi. Uh, hope you guys have a lovely new year, guys, when it comes. Thanks, Thank Peter. You. Same to you. Uh, also, getting back to Saturday, guys, they're so great. Rangers thoroughly deserved that. Right? They've done it. A lot of teams have done it as a way through home this season. Press is high, and Celtic couldn't react to it. We're lucky to get away with uh, no defeat. But it's back to that old scenario that you came in at the weekend to say the defeat used to road as well. Uh, square pegs and round holes. For the life of me, I don't know why Brendan Lewis Callum has been most influential the last two, two and a half months from midfield to left back position. When you've got an actual replacement, he's a game where he's uh-huh. had a good game at the weekend or not, or he could put Johnny Hayes there. KT was on the bench, he should have started. Mikey Johnson played in the audience, Murrow and Dundee, i.e., no disrespect to the boy, that was opposition, Murrow Dundee. You can your bit, one of the biggest games could be a turning point, as you've said. Um, for the one six points per game in hand, people are saying league's over. Uh-huh. It doesn't play odds on Edward. So the pressure right away, right, that's a that's a chapter around yourself right away to see the team line up. Uh-huh. But to, for the life of me, I don't know what Scott Brown and the Living Champion do to break the midfield together. They were in it. So yeah, I was passing, I don't know if his head's in the clouds again or what. And being honest, yeah, Craig Gordon kept it in the game, but his distribution was woeful on Saturday and it could have caused two or three goals, I think. Something is said from the right part, kid. Well, first it's of not all, just because, obviously, I still get it. And I've spoken to people in work. This defeat was going to come one day. I wasn't expecting it to go through from the, for the lifetime of beating Rangers. So it's not about getting beat. Rangers thoroughly deserved it. That's the best I've seen Rangers play in six years. First of all, when the, the match at Petaudry ended, I'll bet you thought to yourself, wow, what a result and performance that is from Celtic. Can't wait for the Rangers game to come along now. Uh, and the Celtic supporters have been left shell-shocked by what followed on from Pataudry because it was a major chance for Celtic to take a significant step forward in the, the title race. Let me also say, how do you go about criticising a man who's won seven trophies in a row? The only way I can... Answer my own question is to say that Brendan Rodgers is not infallible. There are times when he does make mistakes. In two of Celtic's last three away matches, for me, he's got it wrong against Hibs at Easter Road and he's got it wrong against Rangers at Ibrox. Aberdeen was an exception and Celtic got a terrific result there. However, it is square pegs and round holes. Uh, the way Odson Edward finished the match at Pataudry, having come on for the last quarter of the game, made two goals and scored one, you'd have thought it was an automatic mm. pick to begin the game at Ibrox. To put Callum McGregor where he was, although 
Brendan and everyone else has said that he was Celtic's best outfield player, he still had no influence on the game in general terms. He was too far back to have an influence on the game. So basic mistakes were made. Others, like Boyata and in Sham, had an afternoon to forget. And that can happen. Uh, Alex, what about Alfredo Morelos? You'll have seen the headlines today talking about the possibility of retrospective action. I mean, every player faces the possibility yep. of retrospective action depending on what they did or or did not do in a game. It's always good fun trying to predict these things because there have been a few surprises over the years. Based on the three incidents that people keep talking about, the Scott one on Scott Brown, Anthony Ralston and was it Ryan Christie, the other yes. one? Um, Gut, gut feeling Do you think Alfredo Morelos Will face disciplinary action? Uh, potentially With the, the mid-drift Gordon Because of the area In which he might Or might not Have connected with I think the Is this Ryan Christie you mean? Yes in The, the, the yeah. Ryan Christie one it's, it's interesting But I was talking to you Earlier on Before I come on the show In terms of You're always trying to Get an edge Without actually going over the line And if you think about it I think the foul was by Ralston on Morelos And the referee blew for it And Christie then goes over and gives that little toe poke of the ball underneath his body and that's when he reacts to that uh, and it looks as if he's kind of palmed somewhere in about the, the, the nether region and um, under the new guidelines uh, from the SPFL board Well uh, the SFA be, SFA yeah. uh, in the summer it doesn't even have to be excessive for it just means you, if you do anything towards mm. that region then you're running the risk so if it is I think it'll possibly be that one um, but again and it goes back to, no listen I know there'll be Rangers fans out there screaming at the, the, the radio I think the boy's been absolutely brilliant this year I think he's in contention for player of the year as it stands now 20 goals return at the halfway stages are remarkable I think his general all-round play his competitiveness uh, again centre halves is admirable Because Steven Gerrard wants a high press uh, And he gives that tenacity But this thing He has to learn from it I've been saying for weeks If you look back to the semi-final Where uh, Sorry the, the, the air uh, Leading up to the final Where you get booked And couldn't play against Aberdeen in the semi These are things that he has to learn And it's that fine line of You know Costing mm. himself And the team um, You know Potential bands I said to you at the time Gordon on Saturday he just can't help himself And sadly for Rangers That is the case He just can't help himself well, now, which, I, which one of those incidents Do you, do you think was Enough for, for retrospective I, action I, To be taken I think, If any I think both The incidents involving uh, Anthony Ralston And Ryan Christie Will, will see mm. To it That he is suspended again You know we, we get the benefit of Television evidence And that's what the SFA Will be looking at uh, he just can't help himself I don't know how Rangers Knock this out of him Whether it's because of his age His temperament the, the, the one on Ryan Christie Goes back to Do you remember Stephen McLean When, he, gra- when, when, he, when he grabbed Bowie Kouassi um, And we, we said this then So this is nothing new In this in, in the summer recently The SFA Tried to clear up That area of the body In the sense that Any action towards That area of the body Is is, is enough essentially yeah. That doesn't mean that it's, a, it's an open and shut case But that, that that's Where they'll be coming Can from Can I ask you a question In terms of the laws of here See uh, Each individual one. See when you do retrospective Is it for a yellow Or is it for a red Well, it would, well you, you don't give out Retrospective yellows So it's clearly for a red Right yeah. okay yeah, yeah. yeah I was just out of curiosity yeah. uh, Let's speak to George and Motherwell Hi George Hi good evening panel First of all, I'd like to wish you all the best for 2019 when it comes. Thank you, George. Well, thank you. Same to you. Yourself, Gordon, Derek, and 
Uh, sorry, Alec and you. Thanks, George. Um, I've got a couple of points. My first point is um, it's for you, and then my second point is regarding um, Alfredo Morelos uh, on Saturday. You, I spoke to you. Um, I was on the show way back in August. I think it was in Celtic and um, beat his 1-0 at Parkhead. And then um, you absolutely battered Rangers that day about how bad they were and how bad the gap hadn't closed and um, how bad they played. And if I remember rightly so, I said to you, it's one game and one game only. There's a long, long season to go. Now, maybe going five, six months later, so what's your opinion now? Or has it changed from back then until now, after you've had the first half of the season? My Good opinion, question. yeah, yeah. My summary is, uh, as I said on Saturday, my summary is, it is by no means certain that Celtic will retain the league title. There is every likelihood that Steven Gerrard can win it in his first season. The rest of this season will be a war of attrition. Where Rangers and Celtic not only have to worry about the games against each other They have to worry about games against Kilmarnock And Aberdeen And Hibs And Hearts And St Johnston Because there are a lot of teams out there Who have made life difficult for them Celtic have lost to Kilmarnock To Hearts To Hibs To Rangers Drawn at St Mirren At Motherwell At Livingston Therefore The rest of the season is booby-trapped And you had better Tiptoe lightly around them Or else You'll not win the title George in all honesty We're late already But I won't do that to you So quickly make your Alfredo Morelos point If you can My Alfredo Morelos point Was obviously to, to You know Ali I thought the guy Was absolutely immense In Saturday The way he ran That Celtic defence He bullied them I mean for Boyata And um, Is it Benkovic yep. um, Lustig He absolutely Battered the four The flat back four All day He never He never let up mm. Now my point is what do you think he's actually going to be worth um, if you look at it the way they counted um, the Dumbelli dollars out as you look at? I mean, he must be worth in the region easily 12, 15 million pounds upwards as of now. I'm going to have to answer this very quickly. Yeah, well, listen, I totally agree with you in terms of the, the performance of the weekend. I thought it was brilliant. Now, going back to the point, if he can uh, get to the summer, because I don't think Stephen Gerrard would want to sell him, if they could get to mm. the summer and maybe 12, 14 million quid. Then I think that'd be realistic in terms of this today's market. Comparison's always tough, isn't it? Because yeah, then Belly had played in the Champions League group stages, and Morelos hasn't done that yet, and so on. Anyway, time for this. Thank you, George. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL, and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. I can think of no greater accolade than being the final Beat the Pundit winner of 2018. That is the chance. That we have for you this evening If you want to take on Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray For the last time this year Give us a call 01419511025 Be quick You only have until the news at 7 o'clock If you do want to play tonight's Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here They look nervous by the way, this is their final beat the pundit of 2018. <laughs> the they look nervous. On he's ready for it. He's got, you've got the tie on tonight. Is he yeah. big, big hogmanay plans? I, do you? I, I am playing the part of Burgess Meredith, and I've got Sylvester Stallone <laughs> here as Rocky. Uh, oh no, my daughter's house. Thank you. Up there, but 20 for dinner. It'll be nice and quiet. Yes. The six, the six hooligans and 14 <laughs> adults. That's the grandkids he's talking about. Yeah, Joe's Holland, and uh, as soon as uh, midnight strikes, kiss the missus, the kids, and then Bobos. 
With goals in the Scottish sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Right, come on, fans of all teams, your football highlight of 2018. Give us them on Twitter or on the phones and we're going to take a a, a bigger look at what's been in store in 2018 as far as the Scottish Premiership uh, is concerned. But let's play Beat the Pundit first. The final contestant of the year is Gary from Thornley Bank. How are you, Gary? How you doing, all right? Just aiming to end the year on a high, Gary? Uh, yeah, yeah. This would this would be the highlight of 2018, I'm sure, Gary. Right in the last minute, getting a win over one of these two heads. It's going to be Hugh Keevans tails. It will be Alex Ray. It is heads. Straighten up that tie, young man, because you're up against Gary from Thornley Bank. Let me give you some clean too. Okay, you can't hear us, Gary. We can hear you. That's all good. You've got 30 seconds head to head. You can pass. Here's your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Cool. Yep. Who scored Rangers' goal against Celtic on Saturday? David Wagner manages which English Premier League club? Huddersfield Who's bottom of Scottish League 1? Which country won the first Men's World Cup in 1930? Who's Rangers all-time leading goalscorer? Which Portuguese side play at the Estadio Dragao? Benfica Which side are currently third in the Scottish Premiership? And who is the manager of the Belgian national team? Roberto Martinez Okie dokie Can you hear us? I can You can, right Same set of questions to you Hugh Keevans Are you ready for the last time this year? Go for it Who scored Rangers goal against Celtic on Saturday? David Wagner is the manager of which English Premier League club? Huddersfield Who's bottom of Scottish League 1? Pass Which country won the first Men's World Cup in 1930? Uruguay Who's Rangers all-time leading goalscorer? Pass which Portuguese side play at the Estadio Dragão? Uh, Porto. Which side is currently third in the Scottish Premiership? Kilmarnock. Who is the manager of the Belgium national team? Roberto Martinez. Passing on Rangers. Is it Ali ever goal scorer? Is it Ali My word! <laughs> Gary, you've got to be me a yeah. chance after that. I'd, I think I might just have got. Honestly. <laughs> I've got to put it down to taking his eye off the ball at the end of the year Let's go through it Who scored for Rangers against Celtic? An easy one to kick us off Ryan Jack won all It then went 2 all because David Wagner is the manager of Huddersfield uh, Any guesses on bottom of League 1? I mean, Stenhouse Muir Stenhouse Muir You could have just guessed a team Hugh Keevans I, I know, I, I got mixed up Aye, Gary, you got mixed up with the divisions you, you, had, you had an even worse attempt on that one uh, Which country won the first FIFA Men's World Cup in 1930? You both knew it was Uruguay Was it a good final, Hugh? Yeah Yeah Bit windy, but yeah. No. <laughs> uh, three all after four questions. Who is Rangers' all-time leading goal scorer? Is it Coisty? It's Ali McCoist. Uh, I was never going to get that wrong. You were never getting that one wrong, and you could even have just get just guessed. Even if you had said Derek Johnson, it would have you, been wrong. But I would think, have understood. I know you think it must be Ali, or is that too simple? You just panicked, didn't you? Uh, okay, four to Gary and three to you, but you equalised because the Estadio de Regal is Porto. Porto. So it's four all after six questions And then it goes five all This is a classic really? It's a Hogmanay classic Kilmarnock are third in the Premiership And what do you know You both got Roberto Martinez So that means We're off to the old tight Six all That's a great effort here. Yes uh, Well said Gary Right Gary if you're unfamiliar with the tiebreaker I'm going to read the question I will then get Hugh to write his answer down Before inviting you to give me your attempt Okay Okay This one takes a bit of thinking Hugh Keevans Listen mm. carefully how many Champions League 
or European Cups have the remaining 16 Champions League teams won combined? So there are 16 teams left in the Champions League. How many Champions League or European Cup titles have they all won combined? Hold up your piece of paper, please. Gary, what would you say? 17. 17. Gary's gone for 17. Hugh Keevans has gone 23. Alex, just for, for fun. I'm going to say 20 because I was texting my mate in Barbados. <laughs> Come on. Think about it. Real Madrid are still in it, aren't they? Yeah. How many have they won on their own? 10. Right, and then you've 12. got 15 other teams. Oh, yeah. it's got to be about 36. Eh? It's 40, which means he's pipped you on the tiebreaker, ah. Gary. It was, listen, both of those attempts were poor. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's doing what used to be known as the Bruni. Although I, know, I noticed Scott Arfield had a, a sarcastic attempt at it as well. So that's Did the type he? of celebration Hugh Keevans has gone for. Gary Hardlines. Sorry, Gary. Happy New Year, Gary. Have a happy New Year. <laughs> no bother. Cheers, guys. Thank you. There we go. That was Gary in Thornley Bank, and uh, that's that for Beat the Pundit in I 2018. Might say, I might say, if Scott Arfield did that, perfectly entitled to it. Bruni did it. I'm just looking at the paper, made, I mean, yeah. You know, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's what that is. Yeah. Would you go for that? Yeah, something similar, yeah. doesn't really work on radio when I'm just showing you no, to a picture no. and you're just going, yeah, yeah. If you've, if you've taken your dumps for two and a half years, <laughs> then you're entitled to celebrate, for heaven's sake. Okay, 01419511025, looking for your footballing highlights of 2018. I like this one from uh, David McGill that's come in. He says, My highlight was winning the five grand fan. I'll bet it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> five grand better off. In the summer, I still want a shot at Roger Hanna at beat the pundit. He says, "There's only one winner, kid. Don't get above your station." <laughs> my football highlight was beating Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final. David's a Motherwell fan, so oh, there right. you go. So, uh, yeah. Well, they certainly did that. Two, two nothing, wasn't it? Three. Three. I think you'll find yeah. So now you've got me worried. Here, I'm sure it was. There we go. Anyway, everyone must have a footballing highlight. Even the Partick Thistle fan who spoke about only winning seven games. There's still a highlight in there. So let's hear it. 01419511025. Uh, we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. Easiest beat the pundit question. A bonus for you. Which team picked up more points in the Scottish Premiership wow. than any other in 2018? Stevie Clark. Kelly. It was Kilmarnock. Can you believe that, Hugh Keevens? It's one of those. Utterly pointless But yeah. utterly brilliant stats At the same time I, yeah. I, I respect that it's pointless I respect that You don't get prizes Given for calendar years But it's a huge sample That is a whole year 2018 Kilmarnock won 74 league points yeah. Celtic won 73 Aberdeen 69 Rangers 68 And so on and so forth I can only go back It's been the year of Kelly In many ways I can only go back to one thing On the day He became the Kilmarnock manager Succeeding Lee McCulloch Kilmarnock were rock bottom of the league Now, the third A point behind Celtic and Rangers They are the team who refuse to go away And over the calendar year They also have that Symbol of Stevie Clark's good work In that they have won more points than anybody else It is an extraordinary achievement on his part It's been reflected as well in the crowds, Gordon Just over 7,000 fans there Brilliant, wasn't it? Weekend and what an amazing job he's done! Now, it'll be interesting because we're obviously discussing uh, Rangers and Celtic. It'll be interesting to see mm. what Steve Clark does because mm. he's always put a, a nugget or two as well. Yeah. I mean, and you could go on and on. You talk about them picking up more points than anyone else in 2018. They still have. This is my favourite stat, as you'll know. On a Saturday, still haven't lost to a bottom six team. Uh-huh. Um, they've got three wins and two draws against Celtic and Rangers in the calendar year. So. The, the, the point of all this, Hugh, before anyone you know does keep picking us up on the fact that you don't win prizes for, for calendar years. Mm. What is there to say 
That they can't stay there By the end of the season Nothing Because when it was Hearts At the start of the season People quite rightly went It's six games It's eight games It's nine games Don't get carried away That that, that bubble will burst And okay Even if you think That, that Kilmarnock will Drop points or, or lose form What are you basing that on anymore Other than a hunch Because they've, they've just done it For an entire calendar year It would be a better idea If they could hold on To Jordan Jones Rather than have him Go somewhere else However you have to have Complete faith in two things Kilmarnock are not a one man team And secondly As Alex said Stevie Clark Has an eye for a player Great contacts down south So who knows Who could come in in January God, God where are the way Greg Stewart uh, Have they retained staying until the end of the season Yeah Yeah well that's a bonus as well Because he's been Last terrific. I heard Anyway let's speak to Ian Who is a Kilmarnock fan in Presswick Hi Ian How would you sum up your 2018? Well I just wanted to say to you Happy New Year, Hugh. But, uh, Hugh, I have spoke to you a couple of times on this show. And a couple of times you've said, we'll see if you're there at Christmas and into the New Year. And Kelly are there. Uh-huh. I said, we are the western of Scotland. And I absolutely believe we are. We've got the best manager in Scotland because Stevie Clark finds a way. 74 points, the best in 2018 of any Premier League side. And listen to your show, it's all about the old firm, isn't it? You know, you know, bottom line is, Kelly are like a bad smell. They will not go away. And you know what? Bring it on. I think we'll be there at the end of the season Ian when you say the, when you say the Leicester just, just to clarify so you, you do you believe they'll win it or are you just talking about they'll be up there I, I, I believe they'll win the league I believe they'll win the league because I, I, I truly believe that Celtic Rangers Aberdeen have this hearts are capable of beating each other and I think Stevie Clark points for a game and that's what he believes in and he will he will see this out well, if he does, then yes, indeed, he is the Claudio Ranieri, and you are the Leicester City of Scottish football. Uh, I, I wish him the very best. I am the one who keeps referring to Kilmarnock as the team who will not go away. Uh, I only wish that Stevie Clark shared your enthusiasm because every time the press bring up the possibility of Kilmarnock winning the title, he described it as people who talk out of their rear end. So, you know, I, I wish you shared your joy and you optimism. Talking, you can understand that, though. You, of course you would talk it down because yeah, it's, 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 it's such I've a stick to beat him with and say, oh, look at him thinking Kilmarnock can win the... You know, you can understand that well, you can't have it. You can't have it both ways. You can't have uh, Ian the caller coming on and saying, basically, uh, what you're all saying to it now, uh, when it is, the manager Imagine, himself yeah. is the one who tells us not mm. to speak about it. So I can do no more than pay tribute to Stevie Clark on the day he was appointed... I was on this programme with you Gordon and I said this is the Brendan Rodgers moment for Kilmarnock to get someone of that calibre who has worked at the clubs where he has worked who has worked with the people Stevie Clark has worked with and Kilmarnock have reaped the benefit. Now if Ian believes they'll go on and win the league good luck to him. If they do it would be even more astonishing than any other league win that I could think of in if, the past. If they do win it there we go I'm going to make one If they do win it I will take Ian You and Gordon Out for a meal And that will be astonishing I'm paying for something So listen They've done absolutely brilliant and, and, and you're absolutely right Ian And you're right to come on here And, and back up your team In terms of You think they can go to the, to, to the wire 
the evidence is all there in terms of this calendar year. So listen, I, I welcome the the challenge because I think it's great for Scottish football because Celtic have been dominant for for so long, and teams like Kamarnock to actually be still batting mm. uh, with ours, fantastic. Final word to you, Ian. Happy year, guys. And Same to you. I think the other thing as well, Alex, when you're talking about credit going to the manager, because of course the players need to take yep. their their share of the praise as well. Kamarnock's best player last season was Yusuf Malumbu, and he's no longer there. Last season, Chris Boyd was their top goal scorer, and yes, he's there, but not in in the same prominence that he was. They just continue to evolve. You they know, do. absolutely, and, and and I have to say, you know, and I think that goes back again to the manager. And you're right, me. You say the players because the players have to deliver. The manager's given them a platform. They're very resolute. They're very dogged. They've brought in Brophy. Really hit the ground running. And, and what I like about him as well, in terms of the way he spells it, he sometimes puts Brophy in the bench. Greg Stewart's been an absolute brilliant, fantastic. Hasn't he? Jones yeah. getting the best out of them. But it's not just the younger players and these players that I mentioned. To get the same tune out of Broadfoot, and then you've added young Finlay to the club as well. Scott Boyd, you know, get, get, the guys who, without, without being disrespectful, Hugh, he, he's he's getting the absolute maximum out of guys who've been in and around their game before and yeah. are now are now batting at a much higher average every week than than they previously have been. It makes you wonder what Stevie Clark could do with a squad, with the greatest respect to those who are at Rugby Park, what Stevie could do with a squad of real quality material, uh, and that's the worry for Kilmarnock that uh, at some point, I mean, down south they must be observing these things. Uh, and other Scottish clubs must be observing these things But He is devoted to Kilmarnock He's Ayrshire He is Kilmarnock And the job he's done is fantastic Stephen's a Celtic fan from Airdrie Hi Stephen Hi uh, Jerry just before I start uh, Is it Ian the Kilmarnock fan? Well bad start it's Gordon But you can you can, you can generally call me whatever you want I'm not, I'm not precious I'm Sorry, Gordon. No you're alright I'm only kidding that was Ian, yep. Uh, just a point to the Kilmarnock fan. Uh, in 2018, there's been three trophies and one team's won all three. Good point. Uh, the other team, the team who's one point less has played one game less as well. So maybe it should look at facts and look at things revolving it, you know. Oh, come on, like Stephen. Wait, where's where's your, your feeling of goodwill at this time of reflection? You wouldn't uh, rob Kilmarnock fans the, the, the opportunity to be a bit... Pleased at how impressive they've been, surely. To, to be honest, I'm fed up with people like that. The facts are there in black and white. Three trophies played for, three trophies won. We've got a game less than everybody else. If Celtic would have won that game, they'd done 76 points or something like that. So it'd be too clear. Uh, uh, did you just say Celtic would have won that game? No, when Celtic won that game. I, th- I, I feel like Celtic got quite a bit of credit For winning the back-to-back trebles Yes, yes it. just a touch Yes. Yeah, anyway, on my main point I, I don't know if you are aware of it or not But, I mean, there's been huge celebrations in Glasgow over the weekend Because of the Rangers won the league uh, Now, I looked this morning <laughs> And, you know, all the newspaper editors have got it all wrong And Sky Sports and everybody else, BBC and all that But Celtic are still sitting top of the league with a game in hand so I think they talk about an overreaction. Disappointing Saturday, completely. First time in Brendan Rodgers' tenure, mm. the team didn't turn up for a big game. But it's about time Celtic fans really got behind Brendan. You know, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of it. I've listened to it for the last few days and all I'm hearing is negativity, negativity, negativity. We're on course for a treble treble. We're top of the league with a game in hand. 
which was three points clear. The board will, in a roundabout way, get beat on Saturday. It might be the best thing ever happened because if Celtic were won on Saturday, I guarantee you the first times would have been tightened and no signings would have come in. Whereas now it has to happen in January. Just your thoughts? Well, first of all, I always uh, dislike the notion that a Celtic supporter can say to other Celtic supporters You're not entitled to an opinion Please don't express it We don't want negativity You look at the, the history of your own club uh, Supporter volatility Changed the history of the club When Celtic were down in the dumps And the supporters got together And brought over Fergus McCann And built a new club So I don't agree with the principle Of telling people to sit down and be quiet Just pay your money yeah, pretty different set of circumstances Though I think Stephen's just talking about right now He feels there's an overreaction I don't think he's saying that you know, I, people... Well again, again, if you if you look at this as a business uh, And football for me is part of the entertainment industry That's why people pay money to see it That's why hundreds of thousands turn out on an annual basis to watch it Part of that entertainment history is to, industry Is to get a great competition worthy of the name and that's what we have now And there's no point in taking the huff Because Rangers won for the first time In 13 games against Celtic It's a big story That's why it's big headlines and big coverage Right, thank you to Stephen and Airdrie We've got our final full-time teaser Of the year coming up as well it's, This is a really easy show list Because every time something happens I can just bum it up by saying It's the final one of the year But it is uh, And you're going to like it It's a, It's a bit of a a thinker And it's going to be right up Alex Ray's street I think oh. So the full time teaser Is coming up next Keep your highlights Of 2018 coming Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's that time of the night When you send the questions To us And we try and catch out The pundits Usually we do catch out The pundits Because your knowledge At times with these things Is a whole lot better Than theirs Keep them coming For the new year We need to get a bit of a uh, a backlog. We, we need to we need to get a bit of a collection going on the full time teasers. So send your questions in to full time at Clyde One dot com. Dylan Patton has sent this one in. Um, he says, "Can the guys name eleven players who have scored more than forty five English Premier League goals, but never hit double digits in a single season?" Can you name the 11 players who've scored more than 45 English Premier League goals but have never hit double digits in a single season? Any nationality? Joe Cole. Yes. 46 and the most he got was 8 in a season. What was your best in a season? Uh, uh, English Premiership goals? Mm. Uh, 5. I got three in the cup that year as well, mind you. So it was. Eight, no, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't asking about the cup. Sorry, just just the league. <laughs> um, any more? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a good answer to kick us off. Joe Cole, yes. forty-six goals, but the most he got in one season was eight. So you're looking for another ten players, Hugh Evans? Dennis Bergkamp. Nah, he'll have got double figures what? in a season. Come on, Hugo. Oh, he was he was prolific. He was some player here. I mean, you you don't you probably don't need me to tell you, but you're looking at. Midfield players aren't you really Because they've, they've got a good enough scoring return But but never enough to get the Double thinking, figures in a season uh, I'm going to say John Terry No So he maybe did hit double figures in a Oh no it's just, just, no it's just a case He's... you get five a season over ten years I'm thinking yeah. Stephen Gerrard Nope No no he, he ended he up having double figures one season pl- didn't yeah, he Yeah he did He was pr- prolific one year Right okay leave it with me And I'll come up with 
They are under 10 Will you? Okay uh, Ian is a Partick Thistle fan In Bears Den Ian I'm sorry to do this to you Being a Partick Thistle fan But we are looking for your footballing highlight of 2018 What, what are you going to come up with? Uh, Full time whistle on Saturday <laughs> Right is that bad is it? Yeah it's that bad It really has gone from bad to worse um, Changing manager has not done any good at all um, And what astounds me is uh, uh, By the way I went, Before I say any more I just like to wish you all a, a happy year when it comes guys Cheers Thank you, you. Uh, uh, um, Is Roy Keane one of the answers? Oh <laughs> Luckily for you he's not Because uh, I've got a real bee in my bonnet When these two get any help But no he's not <laughs> No, well, the point I'd like to ask them is um, after Saturday's games, called Gary Caldwell, uh, Ray McKinnon at uh, Falkirk, and um, Robin Nielsen at the United all said that they were going to have a big clear out of players and bring in a lot of new guys during the January transfer window. I'm just wondering, is this something Santa's got in his sack for them? Because I don't know where the, these clubs are going to get the players from and how they're going to get rid of the ones they've got. Mm. I just want to know that. I mean, I was speaking to my, my, I was playing my pals at golf today, and Henry and Davey, and I beat them as usual, and they both feel the same way. They just wonder where all these players are going to come from. You're absolutely right, Ian. Ian the, the, I've said in the programme for, for a while now, and this, this goes across the board to teams that are looking to recruit. You will maybe look at some Mariner as an example. They'll be looking to shift some. I know they tried to get rid of five or six players under Alan Stubbs, and only one player got a bite, which was Cammy Smith. So there will be players... Available round about St Mirren Who might want to recycle some players So there will be players about But there will be other mm. teams As you rightly say uh, You know In that division They'll be trying to recruit players So uh, One of the hardest parts for me Is, is actually get Offloading players Who are under contract It's And this is the thing And this goes right all the way up to Celtic All the way down To, to Partick Thistle St Mirren yeah. Uh, and, and the likes you know so the thing is there will be players get recycled mm. so whether you get that right ones that are going to make a difference yeah I mean Hugh it's, it will be tough Ian and Alex are both right I suppose there becomes a point though where you're just going to have to you're just going to have to find a way and it, history yeah. tells us that, that it can be done it doesn't always work but but you do get to this stage or perhaps in the summer I'm thinking Falkirk what a turnaround they've already had in the summer yeah, um, yeah January is a bit more difficult but the three men that uh, Ian mentioned uh, Robbie Nielsen Ray McKinnon Gary Caldwell All fall into the same category They were not manager of the club At the start of the season They then became the manager uh, You're going to have to show In Ian's case Renewed faith In Gary Caldwell Because the club are not going to let him go So You have to trust in him Although the start has been very poor uh, Because What do you do Ian? You know Do you get rid of Gary mm. Caldwell Bring in another one And if he doesn't do it In seven or eight weeks Get rid of him as well I'll Tell you what Ian Stay there and we'll hear from Gary Caldwell He is planning wholesale changes As you mentioned It was a 1-0 defeat to Morton At the weekend The Jags boss admits He needs players who are willing to fight for him But that's not what he's got In the dressing room at the moment I'm not making this up I'm not trying to hide behind the result By saying We were even the better team first half Let's be honest But we're, we're naive in how we played And didn't move the ball quick enough But I, I thought we were still the better team The story of our season that that we ultimately go on to lose a game again I don't know how it happens in terms of the, the way we perform against the opposition but we shoot ourselves in the foot Fans were angry at the end what's your message to them going into the new year? Uh, it will change in the next 32-33 days whatever that is Transfers mindset to the players? My transfers What's your thoughts on it? Have you got a number on what you need to, to bring in to, to change this? I think everyone would be worried in that change room but uh, I believe we have a, a group, of, a nucleus of players that, that are with me that uh, want to fight for this football club but 
We need to bring in some quality. We need to bring in hungry players who want to fight and want to scrap for everything and uh, have a mentality to, to win football games because this has been going on too long for this football club. Ian, how do you assess Gary Caldwell then? Because he's not at a transfer window, so he doesn't have his own group of players yet, but it's clearly not been a good start with regards to results. So how are you feeling about him overall? Um, I, I don't think he's really changed much of what's happened from, from when Archibald was there, really. All right, he's got the same group of players. He came in saying he had ideas and a, a portfolio on, on, on a dossier on all the players and how he's going to get the best out of them. He's then just signed up Gary Harkins, who was a good player when he was at Thistle 10 years ago. But to me, Gary Harkins has been dropping around the divisions. And uh, to me, that's just a, a panic signing because he's been released. Uh, and they've picked him up for Queen of the South. He's Queen of the South, at least for his contract. To me, it's a panic signing. And I, I don't see what, what that's going to bring to the club, to be honest. If I, mean, I could provide you with a list of names, I would do so, Ian. But again, Gary Caldwell is someone who has extensive contacts down south. Uh, it's like a kind of Louis Moult situation. Louis Moult came up here to muddle and you know, you're saying basically, who's he? Uh, so th- you have to trust in Gary Caldwell to use this window wisely because he certainly talked a tough game there by saying that everyone in the dressing room should be wary. Uh, so he's, he's talking tough. We'll see if he can live up to it. Ian, can I ask you a question? You, you We just listened to Gary Caldwell uh, post-match interview there. It was It's interesting because when it came through, to ourselves in the studio after the game and he says they were the better team and things. Now, we've actually heard that several times over the last couple of weeks, months, since he took over, that they're actually playing well. Now, the interesting thing for me is, and the alarming thing is, if you're playing well and not winning, what happens when the actual form dips because you can't seem to buy a win? So, it it doesn't really stack up to me. It's, it's the same pre-match talk we're getting after every game now. It's the same story. It's either I was a contentious penalty for the deciding goal or it was something else. It's usual when managers or teams are losing, they're always looking for an excuse. I mean, it's okay playing well. You've got to put the ball in the net, though. Yeah. I suppose it's a managerial trick. You know, you can't come out and say, do you know what? I'm making a right mess of this. All right, thank you to Ian, uh, Partick Thistle fan from Bearsden. His footballing highlight was the end of the game on Saturday. That's how bad it's been for Partick Thistle. Uh, Lock Tom is quite right. Wants a bit of credit for Morton winning that game. You are indeed right to mention that. Keep your football highlights coming of 2018. Uh, what about the teaser then? We're looking for 11 players who've scored more than 45 English Premier League goals, but they've never hit double digits in a single season. Guys like Joe Cole. Mark Noble. I'm going to give you Kevin Nolan. Nope. That is that was the one I fancied. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Gary Speed. Nope. Yeah. If you get, I'm going to go Lee Boyer. Yes. Oh. Oh. Uh, this might be. You'll have tussled with a few of these guys in your time, I reckon. Boyer. Oh, I was fed up fighting with him. No, <laughs> and the others though as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Emil Heskey. No. No. Who's the the new ca- uh, sorry West Ham centre forward six feet five Hugh Andy Carroll nah. Carroll I wouldn't worry too much about strikers because uh, think about it double digits once ten no, no, goals but well, I'm actually thinking about guys who are running about the eight nine every year and it's like yeah. they kind of less well I, I would look a bit d- deeper in the, the pitch than than strikers yeah, yeah, okay, if I were okay. You. so there'll be centre halves in there we'll go for um, Gary Pallister Stevie Bruce nope but then they have to have it over forty five in their career. Yeah, but you can, you can score five goals for set plays uh, per season over a 15 years. That would be good going. Yeah, I know, I know. I would also <laughs> be 60 anyway, but carry yeah, but on. You'll have to go. 
I don't know how many more times you want me to tell you Think of midfielders Yes, alright, okay uh, Give me a hero um, Who took free kicks you? It's got to be somebody along the lines as well Let me think how many are still playing Two are still playing By Maddie mm. And the key to these two is the Ray the, 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 the longevity Is the fact that they've they're not they're not tremendous goal scorers at all, but my word between them, how many Premier League appearances these two must have, and they're both still playing. All right, okay. One is still in the top league, I think. One is not. Yes. Um... Right, you need to move on. I'm struggling to the next break. Uh, <laughs> right, I'll give you a wee clue on that one. The one that's still playing, and I say he's still playing in the top flight. I mean, right at the top of the no, top no. flight. Yes. James Milner 51 career goals The most in a single season Seven Well it's not too bad There you go So you've got James Milner And Joe Cole so far Anymore Hugo Lee Boyer we had him as well Oh sorry Three Yeah, Three out of eleven <laughs> mm, yeah, There's a couple of wingers question, In there as well A couple of wingers um, Let me think Try to think of some gentle clues It's too, it's too early to be giving you The, the proper we'll clues go with gigs. Nah Beckham Nope Lampard No No, He, he scored barrel loads um, Arsenal wingers Two Mark is in Hamilton In the meantime Hi Mark Gordon how you doing? Good thanks Mark What's your point tonight As a Celtic fan? Um, a wee point about I spoke to you Last week about the lad Olivia and Sham In the middle of the party Scott Brown Yep I'd like to ask you What he thinks of him After Saturday Well again great, great ability You You said he has great ability. Yes, he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you. you well, I, I mean, are you willing to condemn <laughs> Olivier and Sham because Rangers beat Celtic? Are you willing to say that Scott Brown's time at Celtic is up because Rangers beat Celtic? I mean, he just wants to know what you made of him on Saturday. I, I think well, I, I made very little of him. He was hopeless. Yeah. Sorry, I told you Scott Brown's time was up before before the Rangers game on Saturday, and I told you the same thing about Olivier and Sham. So, they kicked the ball for months for Celtic. So you don't think that, that Celtic, Saturday was absolutely horrendous. I do understand that, but you don't think that either should play for Celtic again. Brown definitely, and Sham's got a lot, he's got a lot to to prove to Celtic supporters that he can he can cut the mustard. I've, I've got to, I've got to be honest with you, Mark. And I, listen, I take your point, Borden, in terms of the weekend. This is poorer performance as I've seen uh, in Sham play. But I actually said that, but more or less every Celtic player I thought. To a man They were second best All over the park Now see Towards the tail end Of last season for me I thought Oliver and Sham Was outstanding For me He was one of the best If not the best Midfielder In Scotland I thought His general All round game I think he got Nine goals last year This was a boy Who had been in the country mm. One year uh, And I think the fact That someone was willing To pay Well whatever it was Was it 12, 14 million Reportedly uh, With Porto In the summer So that was a that, somebody Alec was watching the lad now, and he wouldn't pay fourteen pounds for him the way he's playing. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, he's clearly uh, a place where he's not in a really good place. He's no playing with confidence. He's in and out the team. He's been injured, so he's not really had a sustained period of, of time. But to suggest that he's not a football player would, for me, Mark, that's about you know, you have to put it in context. He's a very. I can understand talented. what you're saying, right? But. He's, he's, he's well off the pace Alec when you watch no, no, him he doesn't he, 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 he what I would like to know you know what he's meant to be playing what I would like to know from Olivier and Sham is how keen are you to be here well he signed a four year deal a month ago well that, that's <laughs> so, that's uh, 
That's not as a direct answer to your question. Yeah, well, I I just mean in terms of there being an easy fix. You know, there are more back page stories today about Scott Brown and this thing with Australia, Hugh Keevans, and and that may well kick up a notch. Scott Brown's at a certain age, but Olivier and Cham is young and has just signed a four year deal, so there's no easy fix there. What's annoying, Mark and other Celtic supporters, is that Olivier and Cham didn't seem all that bothered by what was happening on Saturday. Uh, and it bothers Mark and the fans because they really do care. So that's why I would like to say to him that you're all that bothered about playing here uh, because we could shift you in January if, if you're not all that bothered. But it actually shows you, Hugh, sorry, but it actually shows you what Celtic think of him to give him an improved yeah. contract in yeah. short, a short period of time. So they, they clearly fancy him. Brendan Rodgers, I don't know if the Edward scenario because he was, uh, sorry, Dembele, uh, they were all very tight in the summer. I don't know if that's had an impact as well. I mean, even that, that you're, you only need to go back to the, the first Rangers game of the season where everyone was waxing lyrical about Cham. You know, Dembele yeah. had already gone then, had he not? And, and, Cham, and Cham yeah, scored the only goal that day. Um, I think that the Celtic supporters now have wakened up to the fact that this is not going the way they thought it would. Mm. All right, thank you to Mark and Hamilton. Still time for you to be the final caller of 2018 as well. 0141 951 I can hear people saying... Who cares what a rubbish accolade that would be But you never know, it might mean something to someone What about the teaser? We're looking for 11 players who've scored more than 45 English Premier League goals But never double digits in a single season Joe Cole, James Milner, Lee Boyer uh, Walcott Nope um, I'm struggling here I'm struggling to think of actual names um, <clears throat> Gareth Barry Yes That was the other one I said Had been playing for many years Yep, yep Nine in a season was the best he managed. All right, we'll give you some thinking time and we'll try and get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, and it's time for Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray to get the proverbial finger out because they've got work to do. On this teaser uh, Remember of course we, we won't be on for the, the next two days But we still want your questions So send them into fulltime At Clyde1.com Questions like this Can the guys name 11 players Who have scored more than 45 English Premier League goals But never double digits In a single season Thank you to Dylan Patton For sending that one in uh, You've got Joe Cole James Milner Gareth Barry and Lee Boyer Any during the break? Go on Chug Ashley Young Yes, 47 career goals Never more than 9 in a season uh, Bobby Zamora Nope Paul Merson Yes 46 goals The most he got in one season was 7 You get any more here? Gary McAllister Nope You've got 5 to get, is that right? Paul Warhurst Nope Danny Murphy Yes Gordon Murphy Brilliant, 51 goals The most was 7 in a season Alright, that's right. by the way I'm struggling now 4 to get we're, we're still looking for your football highlight of 2018 uh, Connor Bowie is on He says uh, Every game under Sir Steve Clark <laughs> And he says And you outing me as a fanboy to Stephen O'Donnell on air This does ring a bell When Stephen O'Donnell was in I can't remember specifically what it was But Connor either has Posters of him above his bed Or he's got his face tattooed on his back Or something I don't know Some sort of big gesture To Stephen O'Donnell We, we, we outed him as a fanboy uh, He says on a serious note though Watching Alan Power every week He's been sensational yeah. He deserves all the plaudits coming his way yeah. Still time to phone us 0141 951 David is a Celtic fan in Wisher Hi David Hi Gordon How you doing? Yeah all good David What's your, what's your point tonight? 
just a couple of points to Mr. Kevens. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Right. See the game on Saturday, right? Now I watched it, and the the team didn't turn up. Right, no way did they turn up. That's the worst performance I've seen Celtic do in a long time. Uh-huh. Pass marks to Craig Gordon. Uh-huh. He helped us out. We could have been four or five nothing, right? Yep. Now it's good to have Rangers come Mark and Hibbs and all and, and whatever in the league. It's good to have them charm the door for a wee change, make the football a wee bit more interesting, right? Uh-huh. Now I just tuned in there and I heard the boys saying that Scott Brown shouldn't be playing but that's not that's rubbish. That's total, total rubbish. What he's saying. The team did not turn up. Now, as the, the, the manager sent a message to the board to buy two, two, two other players, uh, and my next point is, would the support have done any, any help on Saturday? With that wee, kind of wee corner, we were all sitting in uh, Ibrox. Well, you, that, do you think I had anything to do with it? You would, no. Uh, if Celtic are the, the, the size of club that they, they think they are, then they have to be used to all manner of circumstances yeah. and going to Ibrooks with just 750 Celtic supporters, that's, you just mm. have to cope with that. It's an interesting question because you're undoubtedly right in that they, sh- they should, uh-huh. but, but you can certainly build a case that they looked a bit rattled by the full thing. Well, Whether that had anything no, to do I, with I, it or not. No, I think Rangers rattled them, not the Rangers supporters. Uh, and they didn't respond to Rangers, the, the, the players, not the supporters. They're... Yeah, yeah, you know, you can use any I, I, any phrase you like, but but I've heard this uh, excuse uh, earlier on today that oh, this was Brendan Rodgers deliberately picked a team so that Nonsense. it would send a message to Peter Lawwell. You know, why would Brendan Rodgers sabotage Celtic right, okay. at Ibrooks? That that is just hysteria. I think there's an awful lot of excuse making going on here. Celtic were poor. Rangers were first class mm. Celtic on the day were second rate There is a message there But it wasn't sent out by Brendan Rodgers Deliberately picking a, a weakened side The message has been there It's been staring everyone in the face But the Celtic supporters Always come on here And say that we are wrong to talk about a title race There is no title race It's a ridiculous topic of conversation and now the chickens have come home to roost. Thank you, David. In Wisher, uh, 01419511025 is the number on the phones. What about the teaser anymore? Struggling. No, 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 right. no, no, no. Uh, we're going to speak to Brian in Broomhill very shortly indeed. Let's hear a bit from Motherwell boss Stephen Robinson. He says his players showed character. They overcame several injuries to win the Lanarkshire Derby against Hamilton. Um, you know, he admits it was a struggle to have the players out, but the winter breaks come at a very good time and he wants to be active in the transfer market. Yeah, result-wise, great. I actually thought the performance was very good as well. You know, I thought we, we dominated the whole game. Um, we we had one incident where we didn't follow our runner and they scored from it. Um, but we showed great character again. Fans were terrific, got right behind the boys. But we, we showed bravery on the ball. We were disciplined and, and I thought we deserved the result. But we just we need this break to make sure. I mean, I think that's 13, 14 players now, um, including them two. That's out. Um, we need to get everybody fit again, ready to go for the Ross County game uh, and get a couple of fresh faces in up front. Has the look of a big win about it, Hugh Keevens. You oh, only yeah. get three points and all that, but you know, given what could have happened with the the swing in points and so on, and Motherwell being pretty depleted, yeah, it, it put plenty of daylight between Motherwell and Hamilton Ackies, and therefore the bottom three: Hamilton Ackies, St Mirren, and Dundee. Sorry, you are the three that are in trouble. Uh, I think Motherwell. If you can overcome all that Stephen Robinson had to overcome in terms of injury, suspension and Ryan Bowman going off to talk to another club, 
If you can overcome all of that And still win your local derby You'll be fine And the boy Rose is going over to the MLS So there'll be a few comings and goings at Motherwell But it's a massive result Because it just takes you that little bit away from bottom three And if you're talking 2018 Hugh Keevans clearly not in, Wouldn't be enjoying this section of the league at the moment But a Scottish Cup final in there Couldn't win it yeah. Nowhere near it on the day But overall in the calendar year Yeah I mean With respect you know, Motherwell, they, they have a terrific community spirit about them. Uh, people in the town do get right behind them, but they are in there slugging above their weight uh, and they they do it very well. Okay, let's speak to Brian in Broomhill. Hi, Brian. Hi, guys. Um, I, I tend to phone, generally after Celtic, being a Celtic supporter, I tend to phone your show, and I have done for season, quite a lot of seasons now, when something which seems quite negative has happened to the team. And uh, obviously it's a heavy one because of the uh, recent results against the team we played at the weekend and and it was partic- a particular poor performance. But I don't think, I don't think, as I've said every other time I've phoned, I don't think it's panic time. Um, we're, we're at the top. I, I don't want to go into what everyone else has said, game in hand, league cup in the bag, etc., etc. We've got a nice wee trip to go to Spain and Europe. So there's a few things to look forward to. Um, we've got the next few games league-wise, um, a few home games against the kind of lower teams in the league. Um, but we tend to come back after the new year. Um, other than the, the invincible year, every other year we've stuttered at certain times, and generally it's been about now. Um, but we always come back stronger. And I think, uh, I mean, a lot of the players have played a lot of games, uh, up to 40 games, most of them. And like Cal McGregor, for example, I think it was his 41st or 42nd game in, at the weekend there. So... I think they'll need a rest. I know it's in this modern age, it's kind of it's an excuse sometimes that people use that people are tired and all that. But they have played an awful lot of games, and I think the rest will do as good. And uh, I do honestly believe I do need a few signings. I do believe we'll come back a lot stronger um, and a lot better after the new year. And and just to add on to the end there, I know the other guy mentioned Scott Brown, but Scott Brown has been incredible the last couple of seasons, and I feel. Pretty sorry for him at the moment. He's came back from injury and he's not looked at the races. He looks off the pace, and I think it's up to the manager now to to you know make a decision on him whether he rests him and brings him back or or whether he just makes a, a kind of a heavier decision. But it's sad to see Scott Brown not being the guy he's been for years and particularly in the last couple of years. So I hope uh, hope it works out for him. I think unlike seasons gone by, when Celtic return from the winter break they will come back to find a league that is problematic Kilmarnock have already beaten them Hibs Hearts Rangers have already beaten them Uh, they've struggled at places where they should not struggle Uh, and these teams will still be there being obstacles to Celtic in the second half of the season and that's why I think Celtic need fresh blood they need something different up front they need reinforcements at the back and they need to shake life out mm. of the, the likes of Olivier and Sham in the middle of the park because they're, Brian, they're just going to come back and find the same tough teams that they left behind. Where Brian is right, though, Alex, and it's, it is never this simple, but if, if it was on paper, the potential to come back stronger is obviously greater for Celtic than it is for anyone else because yeah. they've got more money. They've got their nice winter training camp in Dubai lined up and all the rest of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's there. It's not that simple, but you can certainly see why Brian would be expecting. 
more after January Yeah they'll be looking for a response Gordon And it's interesting because Brian is right what he says In terms of where the club is I think it's 44 games for Callum McGregor Which we put it into consideration It's a remarkable amount of games But they will come thick and fast as well You know I think in February they have the, the Europa League tie as well Scotland games are going to be coming up So these are going to be non-stop It's interesting to see Because again it goes back to this recruitment in the window if you look at some of the, the, the compare Henry, Kouassi, they all came in January. I can't emphasise how hard that is to get players in in January, you know, and people have to be aware mm. of teams that have to be prudent and much to spend. Thanks to Brian in Broomhill. Little did he know when he woke up this morning he would be the final caller of 2018. What an accolade that is. Right, what about tonight's teaser then? You've still got three answers to go. The 11 players who've scored more than 45 English Premier League goals but never double digits in a single season. Sorry, you've got four to go. False advertising Well you have to start Giving us some uh, tips Because I think we've Right okay I'll name this race. guy's clubs I would say a winger Blackburn and Chelsea Irish Keith uh, No Not Keith I think he's got a role at Celtic Coming up soon Oh Damien Duff yeah. Damien Duff Brilliant here This guy played a lot of games In the English Premier League You would imagine We're going back a bit further Spurs Everton And I think he finished up at Hull Spurs and Hull Spurs and Hull uh, Dawson? Nope we're going, I said we're going back Further yeah. for this one oh. Is it initials time? Uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> right. N-B 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 N N-B Right forget that one Nick Barmby oh, Never got him Never got him Right okay uh, This guy was I think he was a winger as well West Ham was where he scored his goals Trevor Sinclair Yes Well done And the, the last one Your old rivals Newcastle Also played for Aston Villa Aston Villa hmm. South American midfielder He was from Peru oh, he, is, he is from Solano. Peru Roberto Nobby. Solano Great stuff Thank you Hugh Evans and Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Big thanks to you for all the tweets and all the calls, not only tonight but over 2018. It's never taken for granted. It is always hugely appreciated and we look forward to more in the new year. So from the three of us, happy new year when it comes and stay where you are because we're not done here yet. We've got Boogie's Hogmanay party up next. What more could you want? Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.